Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, John Helmkamp, Matthew Betts, and Matt Okada. Welcome back into the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Listeners, congratulations, you made it. It is Friday. Have a beverage with the boys, Matthew Betts, Matt Okada, John Helmkamp. We are back on your YouTube channel, on your, your phone, your tablet, your computer, maybe your TV. We have a listener who sent us a screenshot um, of us them watching us on their TV, which was awesome. Do that and let us know if you're liking it or not. If you want to watch uh, our faces and our ridiculous takes, that's the place to do it. Mm-hmm. Or in your podcast app or, you know. Maybe you just want to hop on the YouTube, see Okada's crazy hair, uh, see John's beautiful beard, see my fresh new haircut, guys. This is a new, mm, new quarantine haircut. It's very fresh. Got to the barber. Yeah, man. Uh, dude, so, so necessary. It was so bad. Uh, but we are now somewhat presentable, and we're here to talk some football, fellas. Let's do it. Last episode, we talked 2020 breakout candidates. We were all hyped about these players, and now we're going to bring the mood down a little bit. Maybe we can <laughs> edit in Okada some... Uh, some like sad violin or piano music mm, about these great. bust candidates yeah. we're talking about because mm-hmm. man we're nervous about these guys this season and we're gonna tell you why and maybe stay away from them in drafts we'll see fellas we're gonna skip news not really much going on in that front we're gonna get right into the bust candidates i'm gonna kick over to john first because this is a player last year who came <sighs> onto the scene out of nowhere, like burst onto the scene. But he's saying maybe you should temper expectations this year. John, who is it? So first and foremost, this is a player that I love, and this hurts me. This hurts my heart uh, in a big way. I was on this guy going into last season. I got a lot of shares of him. It worked out incredibly well, obviously. Uh, That is one Mr. Aaron Jones in Green Bay. Aaron Jones far and away Far and away is the most talented back on that roster. He's the most he's the second most talented offensive player, well, skill player behind Devontae Adams that the Green Bay Packers have. Why Easy. they do not want to feature him in their offense makes no sense to me. First, it was Mike McCarthy several years ago with hashtag free Aaron Jones. Then we finally thought that we were gonna see it last year. Jamal Adams was or Jamal Williams rather sorry was still a thing and hanging around and taking carries and splitting that backfield and then he gets hurt so Aaron Jones is all that they have and he goes absolutely banana sandwich and gets 19 touchdowns on the season ridiculous numbers um, averaged four and a half yards a carry which is solid not excellent but was very good in the passing game as well. Was incredibly heavily utilized in the red zone. It looks like a stud. It looks like he's he's arrived. He's here. He's a running back one. We can all count on this, right? Freaking Matt LaFleur. Cram it up nope. your cram hole, LaFleur. Um, has to go <laughs> off this offseason. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. All that he said all offseason is that they want to bring in more running backs. They want to bring in more more carries to spread around. They 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 want to run the ball. They but not just with Aaron Jones. You don't want to feature him. We want to bring in more guys. They go out and they get friggin' thick freakness AJ Dillon with a really high pick. I don't know why they spent that kind of draft capital on AJ Dillon. Maybe they've got a plan for him. He just doesn't seem to fit at all with that offense. The only thing that I can think of is that LaFleur is trying to recreate what he missed out on with Derrick Henry when he was in Tennessee and just go complete smash mouth, big bruising running back downhill, um, which I guess is a style to play, but it's it doesn't make any sense when you have Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, Devontae Adams at wide receiver, and Aaron Jones in the backfield. You, you can't just take those players and make them fit this mold which I guess also speaks to why they brought in Jordan Love. It could be that he's just going, you know what? We're going to transition to the way that I want to run it in a few years, and we're just going to weed all of this out in the meantime. I don't know. I hope not because that offense is really fun, and it's really great for fantasy with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. We all love Devontae Adams and think that he's got a real chance to lead the NFL in receiving touchdowns this year. 
But Aaron Jones, who was ridiculously efficient, has been his entire NFL career in the rate at which he scores touchdowns, just doesn't look like he's going to be as featured as people want him to be. He's not a lock for running back one production. Jamal Williams, I think, is going to carve out a decent role in that offense when he's back and healthy. And A.J. Dillon might just be the the bulldozer that gets the ball inside the five-yard line, and they lean on him for the red zone touchdowns. That carves out a lot of what helped Aaron Jones give you those points all last season. Yeah, it's tough, man. It, it does suck to talk about it because he's a great football player and he has been love such a steal in fantasy because he came out of nowhere. And unless you were on him in dynasty leagues, like as a rookie and you kind of knew what was coming, you missed out. And now I feel like it's too late to get in and it's, it's going to disappoint you because like you said, the efficiency, especially in the red zone and yep. inside the five yard line is not sustainable. I have finished my projections for the Packers. I've got him rushing for eight touchdowns. So still respectable, but if you're expecting top five running back this year, you are going to be very upset come end of the season. I agree, man. Matt LaFleur, dude, like, I'm going to talk about it with my bus pick here, spoiler alert, but I don't like what he's doing with this offense. He's putting a stamp on it in a negative way, calling less efficient plays as a whole. A.J. Dillon in the second round, man, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. I, I, I'm nervous. I, I think Aaron Jones can potentially overcome it if, if they try to give A.J. Dillon and Jamal Williams the ball and it doesn't work, then they say, okay, well, Aaron Jones, here you go. But I think they're going to try to just pull him back. And it's it's a bummer because, as we've seen, he has top two upside in fantasy, and he won't reach that this year, unfortunately. So I agree with you, John. Temper expectations for Aaron Jones. All right. Apparently, I got to be this guy who defends Aaron Jones, which is not really a position I wanted to be in because I honestly haven't been that high on Aaron Jones this offseason. But but here's the thing, guys. I just dove into some numbers while John was sma- uh, sassing Matt LaFleur in his Packers offense. If you take away nine touchdowns from Aaron Jones last year, nine, which brings him down to 10, still a good number, but not at all unrealistic, total mm-hmm. scrimmage touchdowns, he finishes as the RB6 last year. Sorry, RB7, one spot behind Dalvin Cook. If you take away nine touchdowns, he is currently going as the RB13. He is not going as the RB2. If if he was getting a top three, top four ADP, I would 100% buy into this take because I, among everybody else here, Preach regression. We always preach regression. If you want to get good at fantasy football without listening to our podcast, which you shouldn't do, just keep listening to our podcast. But <laughs> the first place to look is for, is for regression, <laughs> and he is going to regress in the touchdown department. But if he regresses half his touchdowns, he still finishes as a top seven running back last year, and he's not even getting drafted that high this year. So... Is he going to be worse? Yes. Is he going to be a bust compared to ADP? I'm not necessarily convinced that he is. But see, here's my concern with Aaron Jones is that, one, I think that he does lose basically half of his touchdowns. But not only that, I think that he loses out on the amount of carries that he sees on the season as well compared to last year because the only reason that he was a featured back for a large part of the season was because Williams was out hurt. When Williams was there... They were splitting it pretty close, if I remember right. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it feels like there were there were games when it was kind of a hot hand approach. It was like, we're going to put Williams out there for a whole series, it felt like, and just let him go. And if he's rolling, we're going to kind of leave him in for another series or half a series or whatever it might be. So I don't know that they are just dead set on being like, Aaron Jones is our number one running back, and we want to give him 18 carries and four targets a game. I don't think that he's going to get that consistent workload with Williams in the fold and now with A.J. Dillon, even if A.J. Dillon just comes in and gets six carries a game. You're still carving into the potential opportunities for Aaron Jones, who's really a big play threat. Like, those opportunities take out opportunities for him to to snap off, like, a 20-yard touchdown or, or something along those lines. You limit his upside and his ability to, to stay on the field, and I have a hard time seeing him finishing as a running back one at all. Like, it's it's going to be tough. 
I, I would love Ooh. if he did because I love Aaron Jones, but I I think it just doesn't it doesn't look good for me. I, I don't know. I would love to be wrong. I would love for Aaron Jones to finish as a solid RB1 because guess what? I've got him on a couple dynasty rosters and I'm just going to hold him and see what happens. But I I don't love it. I don't love the way LaFleur is taking this offense. It's really concerning that and all the animosity between what they did by by taking uh, Jordan Love. Aaron Rodgers is pissed. It's just things are not good in Green Bay right now and, and it concerns me. Yeah, I think that's a great point too, John. Like, we always talk about in fantasy, like we're trying to project certain players and um, targets, rush attempts, etc., which we're working on our projections uh, behind the scenes. And part of what you have to factor in is coaching. And is the coaching staff going to put these players in optimal positions to succeed? I don't think they will. I, I have concerns about Matt LaFleur as a head coach. I'm not convinced last year was real. Like I think that was the most fluky 13 and 3 season yeah. we'll see okay. in a while. Their defense I, I is very know, good. Their defense, their defense front is especially. Good. Yeah. It's yeah, their very defense is good. good. That front is nasty. It is very good. But I mean the offense in general, I just have major major regression coming for this this team. I'm going to mm. talk about it in a second with Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I I'm so nervous about the Packers offense outside of Devontae Adams, including Aaron Jones. And the one thing I just want to mention real quick before we kind of move on to, you talked about the ADP Okada, and it's a great point because RB13, like, yeah, I'll take a shot at RB13, but the wide receivers going around him right now at FFPC ADP, 100 times out of 100 times, I want those players. Julio Jones, one pick ahead of uh, yeah. Aaron Jones. Oh, my Jones. gosh. See, that's just annoying. No Why is Julio it Jones is going there and ruining all of our drafts? We I know. can't not take him. Nope. Uh, by the way, I've done like <laughs> I've done like 10 best balls. Dude, I'm taking Julio in everyone. He's a value <laughs> in the second round. So stupid. Chris Godwin, right behind Aaron Jones. Oh, my um, gosh. Mike Evans, not that far behind, three spots. That's I would take Kenny Galladay ahead of him. I would take, let me see here. What about, oh, this one's interesting. What about Todd Gurley? He's going two spots behind him as far as running backs. No, Aaron Jones is everything Todd Gurley can be, but healthy. I agree. But I would just say, like, the wide receivers around him, that's that's the the issue for me. It's it's true. I, I can't not take those wide receivers ahead of him, and so I probably won't own him a lot this year if ADP stays the way it is, which is kind of a bummer. But at RB13 price, I don't think it's that bad. Wide receivers factoring in, it's a little bit of a concern. I agree, though. Regression is coming for Aaron Jones. And let's keep it with the Packers, guys, from one Aaron to another. And let's just double down on cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. Like, cram honestly. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it so many times after the draft. The worst draft, by far, in the entire so NFL bad. goes to the Packers. Worst. So, so bad. Aaron Rodgers, I agree with you guys, is going to come out and say, screw all y'all, like, I'm still here. But... When Alan Lazard is your wide receiver too, I mean, you could argue he's the weakest wide receiver too in the NFL. And it's not against Alan Lazard. Like, he's a good three. Like, he's fine for what he is. But now you get him with Jace Sternberger, who literally had like two catches last year. I mean, I don't know how Aaron Rodgers is going to be fantasy relevant on a one single, like one quarterback level. I don't know. We're talking about things that we're seeing. He's taking less risky throws, which for fantasy, we like. Like, who cares about interceptions, right? Look at Jameis Winston. He's not taking risky throws. YOLO it. He's not rushing. He now has very questionable pass catchers. He has a coach who has talked all about the run game and invested a second-round pick in A.J. Dillon, arguably the worst pick in the draft. I mean, I have serious concerns. And you guys, we were texting about it the other night. Now, listeners, I had some tequila in me. But I had said <laughs> to the fellas, I think Teddy Bridgewater could outscore Aaron Rodgers. And now I'm not going to say that happens because I was a little uh, questionable. Okada as as and I, we railed him hard for you the even went there, yeah. <laughs> the fact that I even went there tells you how nervous I am about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he finishes inside the top 15 this year. Ooh. I am fading Aaron oh Rodgers everywhere possible. Wow. Everywhere. Okay, uh, y'all, all y'all need to get your head out of your cheese, or apparently it put it into your cheese <laughs> because you're trashing the Packers for no apparent reason. Listen, we have every La- reason. When Matt Lafleur came I love in last year, I wasn't Santo. 
We said, hey, let's draft Aaron Jones because Matt LaFleur is a guy who's going to support running back because of where he came from. What happens? Aaron Jones is the RB2. Now we're in the second year of LaFleur and you're telling me you don't want him. Meanwhile, Aaron Rodgers finishes as the quarterback nine last year. Quarterback nine with 26 touchdowns on a 4.6% touchdown rate. This is a guy who has a 6% touchdown rate in his career and had stretches where every single year he was five and a half plus and has set records in that category. When you want to talk about regression, I do not think it's very likely that Aaron Rodgers, pissed off Aaron Rodgers, throws 25 touchdowns again, which he's done each of the last two years. So granted, it's strange and it's not a one-year thing. It's a two-year thing at this point. But it's Aaron Rodgers, okay? Two years ago, we were talking, but everybody was still trying to make the argument. I, I, I wish you guys were watching on YouTube if you're not, because I'm waving a pen around like a mad teacher. I'm going to put this pen down before I poke my <laughs> yeah, eye out. I'm fantastic. just shaking my head no. What's, we were what's arguing about him. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong, man. Get on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, man. <laughs> Listen. This guy was in the conversation for greatest of all time just a couple years ago. He's had a couple down years. We we have all said that we think a fire is going to be lit under his butt, and he was the quarterback nine last year. And now you're telling me he's going to be outside the top 15 in a more yes. grumpy fashion with the same weapons? Bet. No! Poppycock! What do you mean? Dude. He's got the same guys! Well, they signed Devin Funches. You mean Funches, they lost Geronimo the, Allison? Oh, they no. They signed Devin Funches. It makes do? it worse. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the first truth just, that you said. Devin Funches just, makes it worse. Just kidding. Just no, kidding. No. Last year, he had Devontae Adams and Diddley Squat. This year, he's got Devontae Adams and Diddley Squat, but he's got a fire under his butt. Y'all are crazy. The Packers are going to be good this year. If their defense regresses a little bit because it was elite last year, it's going to put more on Aaron Rodgers. Besides the fact he's already got the Jordan Love fire. I don't see that. I don't see there's a way he's outside the top 15. We got to put the, it on the sheet. Even so, the top Okada, 12. Okada, stop, stop with the y'all and lumping me in with bets when I haven't even talked yet <laughs> about Aaron Rodgers. I talked about yes. Aaron. I talked about Aaron Jones. I have not commented on Aaron Rodgers. You talked about the offense regressing. Yes, I do not like the offense. I have. I am on record as saying on this podcast as well. That Aaron Rodgers is going to have a fire under his butt, and that Devontae Adams has a good chance to lead the league in touching or and touchdown receptions. I think that could absolutely happen. I'm not with bets on the. I I don't know her right now. I'm not with bets on the outside the quarterback. New podcast, who dis? <laughs> yeah, new podcast, who dis? I'm, I'm not with him right now. I okay, do think okay. that he's a quarterback one. I have several oh shares my of him. God. I think he's going to have right. a fire under his butt. And he's not going to care who he's throwing to. Oh, and by the way, he has hyped up Lazard this offseason. He has made multiple comments about Alan Lazard and how he uh, liked him and trusted him last season and that he's put in good work and he's excited for what he brings this year. So I think Alan Lazard could be a very, very sneaky late dart throw in, in your in your leagues. He's, he's worth the flyer. You know what I mean? He's, he's essentially free. Take the chance. Um... But my concern is with the offense as a whole. I, I am concerned about the offense and about Aaron Jones' opportunities that he's going to have. He's not going to have as many red zone opportunities, and he might see less carries. So that concerns me. I'm still fine with Aaron Rodgers. I do think the offense as a whole is probably going to take a little bit of a step back because I think LeFleur is trying to put more and more of a hammer on, you know, we're just going to run it down your throat with makes no sense at all for the weapons that he has. Um, it's gonna cram it up their cram hole. Cram it up their cram hole every <laughs> single week. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm I, I still mean, think that Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback one. Uh, yeah, listen for two for two more seasons probably. The Packers were right in the middle of the league last year in points per game, and we we just talked about and actually all agreed in this sense on Aaron Rodgers losing. I mean Aaron Jones losing. They have the same name. It's hard for me to tell. Yeah. Uh, nine touchdowns. Unless they finish as a bottom half offense, those touchdowns are going to Aaron Rodgers. Bets, shame on you. Hey man, this is it's going on the sheet. Like <laughs> I talked what, about what the coaching. Is it? What, what, what is the uh, mark? What are we doing here? We're doing touchdowns. Are we doing quarterback finish? No, 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 no. Quarterback finish in in season long. Uh-huh. Quarterback fourteen and a half. Oh, jeez, yes. under, under. That's around his ADP, so I don't think that's crazy. 
But I'm yeah, right. That's why I said it. He I agree. is a streaming yeah. value right now. Um, yeah. That, Give me yeah. Aaron Rodgers as my quarterback late in drafts. Easy. If you're doing startups, which I've been known to do a couple, um, <laughs> there are so many wide receivers that I want that I, I'm taking like three wide receivers in the top five rounds, and then Aaron Rodgers is normally like sitting there available for, for me to pick up. So he's, he's a, a great... Flex, in a super flex. In a yes, super flex startup, um, he's... He's a great value. Um, smash those wide receivers and running backs early. Wait on the quarterback. It just works every year. Agree to disagree. <laughs> All right, boys, let's move on. Okada, hit me with your first bus candidate this year. All right. Well, I'm going to have to pick up the slack here because you guys have put out some doo-doo bust calls. So let's go with something just purely Such a inarguable. All right. I'm going to ask you guys a question. I, l- I like to start things off with questions sometimes, as I'm sure you know. Which of these two running backs would you prefer? Running back one, 18.9 fantasy points per game and RB5. Ooh. Spicy. Or running back two, 13 fantasy points per game, RB23. <sighs> Tough Can decision. I phone a friend? Yes, you may phone John. John, who would who are we gonna take on this one? It's a very difficult question to answer. Honestly, I'm 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 really wavering on this one, but I think we gotta go with the first option. <laughs> All right, I agree. Let's go with A. Okay. All right, I think you guys both both made the right choice. Running back one is Nick Chubb mm-hmm. in the Browns' offense last year before the return of Kareem Hunt. Running Bingo. back two is Nick Chubb in yes! the Browns' offense last year. After the return of Kareem Hunt. And it was basically half the season, so we got a nice chunky sample size of both. Listen, guys. Do not draft Nick Chubb where he is going. Is he an incredibly talented running back? Yes. Is he probably going to have more than 1,000 rushing yards? Yes. Is he probably going to lead that team in running back fantasy points? Yes. Is he going to be a top 12 running back? Or where is he getting drafted, Bets? I feel like it's probably top 8. Uh, let me pull it up real quick. Running Hold back on. 8. I just pulled it up. Is he going to be a top 8 running back with Kareem Hunt you, there for the entire season? Where are you looking, by the way? No! Where, FFPC John, are you, aware that you're, are you aware that your video is off? No. You are a floating white circle. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Uh, okay. Hold on. You uh, look good. Thanks, buddy. Lost some Listen. weight. Listen, <laughs> Nick Chubb is possibly the most likely to bust running back pick going in the top 12 among running backs right now. In fact, it's not even possibly. It is definitely. Kareem Hunt is way too good. He is way too talented and way too good at what he does specifically to for Nick Chubb to be a top-end RB1 or even, in my opinion, to be an RB1 at all. H- hence, RB23! That's what he was over the last eight weeks of the season with Kareem Hunt back in tow. It is simple science, guys. It is simple math. Kareem Hunt plus Nick Chubb equals do not draft Nick Chubb. Bust. Where are you getting your ADPs, by the way, so that we're all on the same page? Uh, FFPC ADP, which links to 4 for 4 bets. Is that what you're using, too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've found it to be more accurate than F. Fantasy Football Calculator or Fantasy Pros right okay, now. I just want to be looking at the same Yeah, thing those are a little delayed. And these are definitely a little bit more accurate because, like we said, people are paying for this. So mock drafts, people do all sorts of weird stuff. Like we took three wide receivers just to see what happened. So you can't really rely on a right. lot of that stuff. So people are paying for these. So let's let's you know count that as a, a factor. So Okada, man, those are great points. It's scary when you look at the splits. They are... Night and day. You can't argue it. It is bad. It is really, really bad. And you felt that if you were an owner of of Nick Chubb last year, right? We talked about it all August. We said, man, draft him. You can't plan for the future. You have to win now because these wins matter for fantasy playoffs. Take him now. Reap the benefits for the first eight weeks. And we'll see what happens. We saw what happened. It was Kareem Hunt who came in and took a lot away. But I'm going to say one thing to this point. That was Freddie Kitchens. Things are different. This is Kevin Stefanski. I could see a scenario where Nick Chubb gets pretty much the same number of attempts, same number of targets, etc. that he saw last year. And you just look at what Alexander Madison did. 
for the for the the Vikings last year. We kind of translate those over. That's in the range of outcomes. So I'm not completely out on Nick Chubb mm. yet. I agree. If his if his price gets higher, I'm going to be pretty concerned. But man, Nick Chubb is such a good running back. They upgraded the offensive line with Jack Conklin. Run heavy scheme. I don't know, man. John, at that price, I'm concerned, but I'm still very in on Nick John, Chubb as a talent and as a player. John is our, our number one running back scout. I want to ask you this question, yes, John. And I'm mostly interested to see how quickly you respond. Who is a better running back, Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt? Scream it fast, fast, oh, fast, I fast, can't. fast. I, I, I exactly. Can't, I can't scream that. Exactly. I, I, it's, no matter what give, answer you come up with, this the is the edge point. to Nick Chubb, but it's not just like, but I, I can't. Kareem Hunt is a very talented running back. We saw what he could so do in a good. lead role when he was in Kansas City. He's good. He's really good. And he's a way better pass catcher than Nick Chubb is as well. So mm-hmm. that, to me, like, I, I've been on the same train as Okada on fade Nick Chubb, fade Nick Chubb, fade Nick Chubb all offseason because we've already talked about this several times over this offseason, but it only continues to get more true. They are not going to be able to get both guys on the field at the same time very much if Stefanski brings a majority of the same scheme that he ran in Minnesota. So, and Kareem Hunt is too good to leave on the sideline. He's he's going to get on the field. He's going to be the one that gets a majority of the passing work, which I think is going to carve down Chubb's upside there quite a bit from what he posted last season. I don't think that he finishes, I don't think that Chubb finishes as low as where Okada was saying his split was second half of last season. I, but I still don't think that he's going to be a running back one. I think if he finishes somewhere between like running back 16 and 20, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, last pod, I gave a, uh, a call on Kyler Murray. I said it was more likely that Kyler finishes ahead of Lamar Jackson than that Lamar Jackson finishes as a number one. Nick Chubb finishes a running back seven last year. It is more likely that Kareem Hunt finishes ahead of Nick Chubb in fantasy than that Nick Chubb finishes a top seven running back. Yeah, I'm with it. I Don't draft him, Yeah, I'm, I'm with that, for sure. Betts isn't with it. Kareem, not, dude, not, Kareem Hunt was so good. Kareem Hunt is so good! <laughs> <laughs> what what more do you want, Betts? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know. Like, is that in the range of outcomes? Yeah, for sure. But... Look at the like. Look at what the team is doing. The team is saying, "I want to run the ball." Kareem Hunt can catch all the passes, but and run the ball. He can, but is he going to get 150 carries? I don't know. I know Nick Chubb is going to get 225 at least. And I know for sure he's not going to tie Christian McCaffrey for the most rush attempts inside the 10 yard line and only get four rushing touchdowns. It's not happening this year. Mm. He is going to find the end zone. Often, and we've talked about this Browns offense as saying we're in on the bounce back. If they're going to get inside close to the 10, it's not Kareem Hunt. It's going to be Nick Chubb. And I'm not saying I want to count on that week to week. I'm not saying that I'm going to be like, oh, sweet. Another two-yard rush. Here we go. But I'm just saying, looking at the outcomes, Nick Chubb is still going to finish as an RB1. Do I want to take him as running back eight? No, I don't. I want to take him as like running back 11, 12, 13, 14, but it's not happening for ADP. So... At the draft position, it's it, I kind of agree. I'm a little worried about the the capital you have to invest, but to come down to like the end of the year, I think he could still be a running back one and still be good for fantasy. You guys are just so in on Cream Hunt, and I just have question marks with the dude. Like, like how committed are they to him? How committed is is he to football? We've seen off the field stuff, and now most recently this off this past off season. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm in on Nick Chubb. It sounds like I'm alone, but that's fine. <laughs> how, <laughs> how in on him are you? Uh, I haven't finished my ranks yet, but I would say, like, off the top of my head, I would probably have him come in at, like, 10 or 11, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, I don't know if you can get him if you like him there, but I also don't right, think that's what I'm saying. There, so. I agree the ADP is is a concern. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as as what you're saying. All right. Dude, dude. All right, boys. This is, dude, this is a great, this is a great discussion. It is. Uh, let's pause for a second. Talking about fantasy football is probably like one of my favorite things out there. Mm. And if you want to talk fantasy football with us, oh. fellas, you got to get the people in Patreon, man. Patreon.com slash redshirtspod is the place to go. 
we are working this off season on putting together some really good stuff for you guys. We have draft day essentials. John is pointing at the, the ticker going across the bottom of the YouTube screen, showing you where to go on the, on the URL. Um, <laughs> looking at our draft day essentials, we're going to look at ADP as a team and say, these are the guys we're targeting. These are the guys we're staying away from. I'm going to put out my do not draft list from an injury perspective. We're going to have DFS content, sports betting content, all sorts of good stuff for you guys at patreon.com slash pod. Check it out. And the best part about it is, guys, you support the show. You get in that Slack channel. We're mm. talking with our, our guys in the Slack channel every single day. Just trade questions. Um, in season, it's waiver wire advice. It's start sit questions. You can't get that type of access to fantasy analysts anywhere. You can't do it. It's just so difficult. And in season, the DMs fill up. We can't respond to everyone. This is the way to reach us. Check out patreon.com slash Richardspot. All right, John, back to you, man. Hit us with your second bust candidate here for the 2020 yeah. season. Um, I'm going to talk about a wide receiver um, who is still surprisingly young. He's only 25 years old. It feels like he's been in the league forever already. Um, and he's on a very, very potent offense, an offense that everyone believes could be one of the best offenses in the league. So why on earth would I fade this guy? Um, I'll tell you why. Uh, I hope, because I hope you're not about to steal my guy, John. Uh, oh, am I? Did we? Did we already? Did we already <laughs> do it? Do it. <clears throat> oh, do you it. already did. <laughs> okay. Perfect. I told you I was gonna. You already want him. Listen, I'll take over. Well, you go pick a new right. one, and I'll take Fine. over because we have Be the same way. thought. Be that way. Yeah. Get out of here. Listen. <laughs> peek behind the curtain for Good the golly. red shirts listeners. We have a show doc that Betts usually sets up and asks us to text in advance the players that we want to grab for these segments. Yeah. And I grabbed Amari Cooper right out of the gate. And Jonathan grabbed someone else who he since decided he didn't like so much because ADP is not too bad on him. And so then in our private chat within the uh, stream yard where we do our thing, he says, all right, guys, I'm switching to Amari Cooper. <laughs> to which I responded, no, you're not. I already have Amari Cooper. To which he I did, did not see the reply. So John's... <laughs> John's going to go find a new receiver while I tell you not to draft Amari Cooper. And then John, I'm sure, will come back and say, I agree with all your points because clearly we're in the same yeah, mind space yeah, today. Basically. Here's the thing. Amari Cooper had seven games last year with fewer than 50 receiving yeah. yards, guys. He finished as a wide receiver one, back-end wide receiver one, on the merit of some blow-up games. But nearly half of your fan... In fact, half of your fantasy season, because your season's not even six, uh, all the entire year... Half of your fantasy season, he finished with less than 50 yards. The guys behind him, by the way, in uh, end-of-year rankings, Keenan Allen, four games. Julian Edelman, four games. Allen Robinson, four games. Mike Evans, two games. All of them had less, some less than half as much, less than 50-yard games as Amari Cooper. That was last year when Dak Prescott absolutely popped off, led the entire league in passing, and they had not yet drafted top wide receiver prospect and first-round pick CeeDee Lamb, who they now have. Now, is CeeDee Lamb going to be the wide receiver one all of a sudden? No. But you know what? Michael Gallup might. Because everybody's talking about CeeDee Lamb. I'm talking about Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is an incredibly talented receiver that is getting massively overlooked right now. And I think there's a legitimate chance that he jumps Amari Cooper as the like actual de facto one. Maybe Amari Cooper has more yards. Maybe he has more touchdowns. But I think Michael Gallup may be the consistent wide receiver one on that team and the first look for Dak Prescott potentially very soon. So now you've got inconsistent Amari Cooper getting encroached upon by a now breaking out potential elite receiver in Michael Gallup and a first round talent in CeeDee Lamb coming in to take away targets and uh, produce. Listen, do I love Dak Prescott? Yes. Do I have him probably as my QB2 this year besides Patrick Mahomes, behind Patrick Mahomes? Very possibly he's going to be in the running with Lamar Jackson because I believe that they will be that good with all these t receivers. But can Amari Cooper specifically be a wide receiver one with those guys there? No. And even if he finishes as a top 15 guy, he's going to do it in an unreliable way that leaves you sad at least as often as it does happy. That's, so no that's my biggest thing with Amari Cooper. Yep. It's not necessarily where he's going to finish at the end of the season. It's how he's going to get there. He's probably going to have mm. 
three, maybe four multi-touchdown games on the season. And then the other games, he's going to have three catches for 36 yards against the Eagles who have nobody covering. And you're going to go, why the hell did he not perform against this secondary? It makes no sense. He's supposed to be good. It's a good matchup. I did everything right. I played him and he just disappears. That is what it's going to be like owning Amari Cooper. It is absolutely infuriating. And then all of a sudden he's going to go off and put up 40 fantasy points on Thanksgiving. And you're going to be completely confused as to what the hell's happening. And you're probably going to bench him that day anyways. So it's really, really annoying. Um, He's so inconsistent. He's so streaky. It's, it's infuriating to own. And it, it doesn't make sense. Like he's a really talented wide receiver. He's a, incredibly polished route runner i i don't get it i i still don't understand what makes him just pull these disappearing acts is it effort is it headspace is it is it he doesn't care i i don't know what it is the coaches decided to just sit him for the last play of the game against the eagles for what would have decided who goes to the playoffs the most the important most play important of the season of the entire they just season. sat him and left what was it randall cobb out there, yeah, Randall yep. Cobb they left out there. <laughs> it, I don't know why he just disappears and it's infuriating yeah. and I don't like it at all. Being drafted as a wide receiver one, I mean, no, no. Please take Julio instead of Amari Cooper. Please. I Facts. beg you. Hashtag always, always Julio. I Julio. beg you yes. to please always take Julio. Julio Jones instead of Amari Cooper. His ADP is way too high. Yep. Yeah, I guys, we've been kind of I feel like we've been disagreeing a lot on these last two shows, but I agree hundred percent. Okada, you remember this last year. We did a show with Jason Moore. Shout out to the fantasy footballers. And we said Jason's like a, he's a big food guy. Let's let's do like a fun food comps. Amari Cooper, to me, was a drive through cheeseburger because <laughs> it looks great on the surface. On the commercials, you're like, yes, I'm in. You get to the drive through window, you open up the box, and it's just smeared everywhere. You don't know what you're going to get with this dude. You never know. You never, ever know. I don't want that on my fantasy roster. And for me, I'm not drafting him. It's for that reason. I'm going to rank him as a wide receiver one because potentially he'll finish there. Doesn't mean I would draft him there. And, you know, he's the, he's the perfect best ball player. Like you guys said, he's up, he's down. I hate I hate the inconsistency. So I'm with you guys in that aspect. For me, totally agree. He's gonna bust this year. I won't draft him anywhere at all. All right, fellas, let's kick it over to John. We're yeah. talking about another wide receiver here. <clears throat> Apparently, I did steal Amari Cooper. But who you got for the? So uh, here's the what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna just change. Uh, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna start exactly how I started with Amari Cooper. Here's a wide receiver who plays on what they are <laughs> going to expect to be one of the best offenses in the NFL incredibly potent he's only 26 years old so he's only one year older than amari cooper so why on earth would i call him a bust wide receiver mike evans for tampa bay is ridiculously consistent what is it six straight thousand yard seasons i think it is he's been great he's been absolutely phenomenal since coming into the league very consistent high production um i love him i i like mike evans a lot he's been doing that with Jameis yolo winston um, and now Tampa Bay's coming to town. Er, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I'm getting all jumbled with the TBs. Tom Brady is coming to town to Tampa Bay um, to be the quarterback there. I still like Tampa Bay in this offense. I still think that um, that Tom Brady is going to sustain that. I think there's going to be great production there. But Mike Evans being drafted as the wide receiver seven. Yikes. I, I like Chris Godwin maybe around those numbers. And I think that Mike Evans has a chance to finish as a wide receiver one, maybe as a wide receiver, like around wide receiver 12. I think it's more likely that he's a really, really great high-end wide receiver two, potentially a little bit lower than that. Going at wide receiver seven, here's the wide receivers going behind him. Kenny Galladay. I think I'd prefer Kenny Galladay over Mike Evans. Amari Cooper, we're both out on there. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., DJ Moore, Juju Smith-Schuster, A.J. Brown. Um, Cooper Cup is down the list. Robert Woods. There's other wide receivers there that I think have just as much upside and maybe a higher floor than what Mike Evans is going to have in this offense. I think it's going to be the Chris Godwin show 
and Evans takes just a slight back seat as the two on this team going forward. Drafting him as the wide receiver seven, you're talking about someone that's going at pick um, 25-ish, yeah, at 25th overall. Second, yeah, the third second, turn. third turn. Um, I don't hate it there necessarily, but at the wide receiver seven, uh, again, Chris Godwin is going right in front of him. They're going one, two. They're going at wide receiver six and wide receiver seven. Chris Godwin going at 21st overall. Mike Evans going at 25th. So for me, I don't think that he's going to have the same volume that what we've seen in the past. This is not going to be an offense that throws it as much as we saw with Jameis Winston. So I think that his production is going to come down and be a great asset for your fantasy team. But if you're drafting him to be your one, I want someone that has a higher ceiling than what I think Evans is going to bring to the table. I think that he's going to be a very consistent wide receiver two with wide receiver one weeks, but not someone that I want to draft for, for big upside. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said that better myself, to be honest. He just seems like he's in no man's land of ADP. Like, at wide receiver seven, no way. If he was going as like wide receiver fifteen, I'd be like, yeah, he yeah. kill off some wide receiver one weeks. Like I'll take him as my wide sure. receiver two. That's fine. But to take him at wide receiver seven at the back half of the second round, where there's still a ton of really good running backs, wide receivers, like you said, that I would prefer over top of him. It's tough to see a scenario where I own a lot of Mike Evans this year. I think I'm with you, man. I think he's gonna bust if you're taking him at that price. I just don't see it happening. I really don't think people understand how good Jameis Winston's turnovers were for this offense. I mean, the volume is just insane. It's so, so important to talk about how we project this offense and Mike Evans specifically, because I think Godwin's safe with his receptions. I have concerns, man. So I'm with you. I think Mike Evans is fine. He's a great wide receiver too this year in fantasy, but to go at seven. Yeah, that's too rich for my blood. Yeah. Here's the issue, guys. Uh, this this offense has given us one of the most incredible duos we've ever seen last year specifically and even the year before Godwin was starting to break out um and it, it's worth asking like well these guys are both incredible and they both just were in wide receiver ones what do you mean don't draft Mike Evans I, I they're both really really good Mike Evans has been incredibly consistent here's the thing over the last two years the teams with the most passing yards, Buccaneers in 2018 with 5,400. Steelers in 2018 with 5,200. Buccaneers last year with 5,100. Tom Brady is not throwing for over 5,000 yards. I'm sorry. And I love Tom Brady. And I like his chances of being true. And he doesn't throw for 5,000 yards, at least not since 10 years ago. Listen. He's if he throws for forty five hundred yards, yeah. that'll be impressive, and that's a six hundred yard drop from last year and an eight hundred yard drop from two years ago. If he throws for forty two fifty, it'll be very good. It'll be solid, and the Buccaneers will probably make the playoffs. But Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are not going to both have twelve hundred yards in that situation. It's just not going to happen. So you're cutting off potentially close to a thousand passing yards, anywhere between five hundred to a thousand passing yards. Someone's got to lose out. Godwin is a younger, up-and-coming talent. Evans himself said last year when we were going into the season that uh, I would think he was asked a question about, you know, uh, Godwin's coming up to potentially be the one and take your job. Are you afraid? And he was like, uh, that's kind of already happened. He's pretty much already here. And it's true. And this offense is going to be good, I think, but it's not going to be that good from that standpoint specifically. So you're not, you're not going to get... A 13, 1,400-yard Mike Evans. He's going to have to score 8, 9, 10 touchdowns to return this kind of value, I think. So I, I think, think he's going to have call. to return double digits in order to keep that yeah. to keep that value. Could be. Yep. Definitely agree with that for sure. All right, guys. Last player on the list. We're going back to the running back position, guys. Stay away from Raheem Mostert this year. I don't understand the love for Raheem, man. I like him as a player. Yes, we're all in on these this Niners running attack, and it's great. But you know what, guys? That defense is going to regress. Jimmy G is going to have to throw the football. And any given week, I could not tell you with any sort of confidence who is going to be leading the backfield. I couldn't tell you with any confidence at all. Is it Telvin Coleman? Maybe. Raheem Mostert? Sure. 
How about Jarek McKinnon, who, by the way, hasn't been on a football field in two years. They still want him on their roster. I can't express enough how much of a committee this is going to be. Fellas, the ADP, we've been talking about it all, all night, right? ADP is what it comes down to because I like Raheem Mostert. I think he's a good football player. But here's who he's going around, guys. In best ball ADP, people are paying money. <laughs> They're losing money when taking Raheem Mostert. This, listen, DK Metcalf is going behind him. Cortland Sutton is going behind oh. him. Keenan Allen, DJ Chark, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, Mark Ingram, Devontae Parker. I mean, all of them. What Give is me happening? Literally every single them. one of them. All of them. If you want to take Raheem Mostert in the ninth round, be my guest, but he's not lasting that long. You're not going to get him there. The draft capital to invest in a player like this, it's just so, it's so inconsistent. You don't know what you're going to get. I am completely out on Raheem Mostert this year. I won't own him anywhere at that price. I just can't trust it with this offense and how they use the running backs. Guys, it's crazy how, how hype people are. And recency bias is so real in fantasy football. You remember... You remember Carson Wentz going out of the playoffs because of another injury, thinking he's fragile, right? People are down on Carson Wentz. People remember Raheem Mostert carrying that team in the playoffs almost to a Super Bowl win. It's just, you got to you gotta move on. You got to look at the bigger picture. It's not for Raheem, man. At that price, no way. So here's the thing, Betts. I'm even going to take what you just said an extra step. Because what you just oh. said was people remembered Raheem Mostert taking this team to a Super Bowl, or almost Super Bowl win, certainly to a Super Bowl. Here's the thing that people don't forget. All these people saying, yes. and I've seen it on Twitter, oh, he clearly won the job. He's clearly the guy. We could go into this year and expect him to have 20 carries a game. Does anyone remember what happened in the divisional round against the Vikings? Tevin, Tevin freaking Coleman. Coleman. 22 carries for Tevin Coleman, 105 yards and two touchdowns. Meanwhile, Raheem Mostert sitting on 12 carries. That was in the divisional round of the playoffs. Playoffs? Raheem Mostert did not win the job. <laughs> Playoffs. <laughs> then in the NFC Championship, he came out and had that massive game. 220 yeah, yards, huge. four touchdowns. It was insane. Mm -hmm. That's what everybody has seared into their mind because it was the best performance of the playoffs. Super Bowl, 12 carries, 58 yards. Yeah. It was one game. It was one game in the playoffs that he popped off for. And one of the other two games, he wasn't even the lead running back. So everybody freaking out about Raheem Mostert being the guy either doesn't understand Kyle Shanahan at all or doesn't understand what else is there in that in that San Francisco backfield because Tevin Coleman is still good and if Jarek McKinnon is healthy I, I don't think there's a huge uh disparity between the three of them at all in talent I think you may get just as much talent out of any one of those guys as any of the others on any given Sunday hashtag movie reference mm -hmm. and that's exactly what Kyle <laughs> Shanahan wants and expects He's going to find the guy that fits the game plan, find the guy with the hot hand. He loves having three guys with equal talent, and he's going to use all three of them. No thank you on Raheem Mostert. This is probably the best pick of your whole podcast bets, because the other ones are <laughs> Nice little cherry. Thank you, I that. think. Uh, I think lovely. that's a thank you. That was you. such a backhanded compliment. It was beautiful. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it, and it's it so was. funny, because everyone says that you can't use the same... In, information for two different narratives but situations matter a ton like when when one team doesn't draft a running back it's because they've got their stud and they love it and they want to utilize it when another team san francisco doesn't draft a running back it's because they don't care who's at running back at all no nope. shanahan does nope. not care yep. who's at running back it doesn't matter how old you are how young you are the size, your speed, your draft capital, if you are undrafted free agent, if you've been on nine different teams or however many Mostert's been on. It doesn't matter, which is great for those individual players and their stories and their ability to become, you know, viable options in an NFL offense. Fantastic for those guys. Great for them. Good on Shanahan giving people shots like that. It's great. For fantasy, it sucks. It absolutely sucks. Because any given week, like what Matt Okada was saying, any given Sunday... Um, it doesn't matter who's in the backfield. It's basically whoever's healthy and, and whoever gets the first carry is probably going to get the most <laughs> of that game. And that's, that's just it. It changes week to week. I'm with you. I, I, I can't, can't fathom these ADPs. I'm looking at it still just the running backs alone instead of some of the other talented players there, but running backs alone going after Raheem Mostert, basically all the rookies except Jonathan Taylor, Cam Akers, Deandre Swift, 
J.K. Dobbins, Keyshawn Vaughn are all going after Raheem Mostert. Mark Ingram is going after Raheem Mostert. Mark Mark Ingram. Ingram. What do you mean? Who's going to be a solid running back two that is going to have touchdown dependent running back one weeks is going after Raheem Mostert. In I I don't understand this at all. Get away. Stay away. I don't care if you've if you put out <laughs> a little away. spreadsheet for yourself <laughs> going into your drafts and you print it all out and you're going through and you're highlighting who you want here and and that person over here take a big fat black sharpie and strike it through Raheem Mostert's name. Do not take him <laughs> at all, at all, at all. Yeah, yeah. Hey. We've been talking about our, our Patreon content, right? We're gonna be we're gonna sh- sift through the the ADP. We're gonna tell you guys who we like, who we don't like. This is a freebie. Like we're giving it to everyone. Don't do it. Do not do it. Okada, you have one final point. Uh, well, I was just gonna say, John brought up Darius Geis as a breakout candidate on the going last after. podcast. He's going ten spot, ten running back spots, a couple rounds behind Raheem Mostert. If you get two running backs in the first four or five rounds, and then you're looking at Raheem Mostert as your third, or Darius Geis another couple rounds later, that is not only a smash, I'd probably rather just have Darius Geis straight up as my running back three than Raheem Mostert. Because he's got the upside, and Mostert Mostert is not going to be a bell cow. There is no no chance. Like, straight up ADP independent doesn't matter. In a vacuum, Darius Geis or Raheem Mostert, it's Darius Geis. Easily. Mm. Yep. I think we are all three in agreement on that. Um, man, shout out to Raheem. What a guy. <laughs> Love him. Uh, but not on our fantasy roster. <laughs> all right, boys. We're going to close oh. out the show on that very positive note. Oh, man. Um, man, what a way to end the show. Uh, listeners, if you're liking what you're hearing, drop a rating and review in your podcast app. When you do, you're going to get entered into the Devontae Adams jersey giveaway that will not last much longer. Time is running out. Get up in there. Get up in Patreon. Check that out. Follow us at Matt Okada, at Dynasty Beard, at The Fantasy PT, and the show account is at Retreats FF Pod. We're back next week, and until next time, we are the Retreats. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at Red Shirts FF Pod, and check out our website, redshirtsfantasyfootball.com.